0: Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca.
1: And I'm Pastor Chad.
0: And we're back after two weeks because you were in Nashville.
1: Nashville. Hot
0: chicken.
1: Hot chicken, which I had in Nashville Mm -hmm. um, and I made (laughs) when I got home from Nashville. So did you
0: use your air fryer for that or did you use like a legit fryer?
1: So I love to cook. Yes. I love to cook, and Nashville hot chicken is one thing I really, really enjoy. So, of course, when we were in Nashville, I tra- when I travel, I plan trips around food. Um, when we went back home to Pennsylvania uh, to do a wedding, um, I made the mistake of saying to marry my best friend. Well, I... I performed the ceremony for my best friend. I didn't gotcha, actually gotcha. marry my best friend, which was really confusing to people um, when I tell that story. And when we planned that trip, like, okay, so I want to go to this place, I want to go to this place, I want to go to this place. Wanna, so th- Nashville, naturally, you have to go have hot chicken. You know, Texas barbecue, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the food of the area is, you have to eat. So um, interestingly, part of the, the mission trip with YouthWorks, um, they always have... A, a, a phrase that ties to the city to get your attention. So in Nashville, it was, you know, the, the works folks would yell, Nashville, and then everybody respond back, hot chicken. So that's where that came from. And then I'm like, well, we're going to go get hot chicken. So we went to Prince's um, Hot Chicken, and there are two places you're supposed to get hot chicken from, either Prince's or Hattie B's. Well, we found Prince's first, so that's where we had hot chicken. It's hot. Hot, hot chicken. It's hot. So here in, here locally in Palm City, there's a restaurant uh, called Townie's that has Nashville hot chicken. And it's, it, it's good. <laughs> it's good. But it doesn't compete Does, doesn't get there. from a spice level. So at, at least at Prince's Hot Chicken, you have your choice of like mild, medium, hot, extra hot. And I don't think they go extra, extra, and extra, 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 but there's like a scale. So, I'm like, if there's a scale like that, they're serious. So, I got medium, which I felt honestly, you know, Nashville medium chicken doesn't sound right. But I was trying to like be conscious of, you know, my palate and be kind to the folks and that you're I was in,
0: your, your innards and
1: yeah, staying with, yeah. Like that, so, yeah. I got the medium. And while I was waiting for one of our youth to get their food so we could go back to the table, I ate the pickle off the top of it. And I'm like, <gasps> That's hot. (laughs) That's just the pickle on medium Nashville hot chicken. So it's like super hot. So I came home Sunday and I made Nashville hot chicken. I did use the air fryer. So I cheated a little bit.
0: That's okay. I I just was curious. So
1: essentially the way you make Nashville, what makes Nashville hot chicken, as I've learned. So you, you bread the chicken and you put some spice in the breading of the chicken. And then you fry the chicken. I air fried it. You fry right. the chicken mm-hmm. and then you make this concoction of hot oil. So you take another thing of oil, aside from what you're, if you're frying it, you're frying it in oil and then you have another pot of oil. Mm-hmm. So I air fried, it. So, so I only had one pot of oil. And in that other pot of oil, you put cayenne pepper, paprika, chili powder, um, red, uh, crushed red pepper. Um, some cinnamon. And I think that's it. Oh, some some black pepper as well, I think. And then you fry your chicken, you take it out and you dip it in this hot oil again with all these spices in. And then the recipe that I ha- that I was watching on Food Network also had like a shaker. Of all of these spices that you then shake on top of it after you dip it in the hot oil. I didn't do step three because that seemed like overkill.
0: Overkill. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, again, I wanted to kind of care for myself a little bit, but I did do, and oh man, it was really good and super, super hot. Yeah. Like, it. So we spent the
0: first five minutes of this podcast talking about food. Nashville hot chicken. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe, you know, our podcast needs to start incorporating in the first five minutes um, you a know, cooki- cooking
1: yeah. lessons yeah. from now oh, on. <laughs> and, s- and serve the Nashville hot chicken with pickles. Because
0: I love to cook too. So, yeah. you know, this may be something that, that we, you know, yeah. each week we. we
1: yep. <laughs> now, the authentic way to do hot chicken is to serve it on white bread underneath. Right. Now, I got like a hoagie roll. And I oh, made, l- made like a, like a hoagie close or a, a sub sandwich. Yeah. And, but you have to throw pickles on top of it because it cuts the heat a little bit. I don't do mayonnaise. They recommend mayonnaise, but there's never a place for mayonnaise in my life. Like ever. <laughs> we don't even have it in our house, nor will we ever. And that would be grounds for divorce. See,
0: I would probably put blue cheese dressing on it.
1: See, don't like it.
0: Yeah, I know, but that yeah. would be something like ranch
1: food. blue cheese mayo would be good to cut the spice, but I don't like them, so I just deal with the spice. Yep. Yeah. So speaking sour cream, not a huge fan. Okay, I'm trying
0: to think. Yeah. You're just it's like a, white you're condi- not a dairy product. Kind white
1: of. white condiments are not my thing.
0: White condiments are not your thing. Yeah, okay. I think that's I
1: think that's it. <laughs> and if I have mayonnaise in my house, um, I'm getting divorced. Like it's one of the things that Christina and I, you know, bonded over when we first met. You know, are disdain, th- disdain for mayonnaise. For mayonnaise. So, if I had mayonnaise for my hot chicken, that would lead to divorce, which is a great segue because most of my sermon this week and our mission trip was on the concept of genuine love. Ah. Uh. Genuinely love from, from and, ca- and
0: you just cannot genuinely love anybody who would bring mayonnaise into well, your Well,
1: that body. is absolutely true in my case, <laughs> um, and I will admit that I look very suspiciously upon people who eat mayonnaise. Um, and, I, and so when I was watching you know the video on how to make hot chicken, the, the chef, um, maybe Jeff Greenspan, who is really kind of entertaining. When he put the man- took the spoon of mayonnaise and spread it on his sandwich, he then like licked the spoon. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to vomit. Um, yeah, genuine love and mayonnaise are not the same thing. So this mission trip, because we, we didn't just go to Nashville to eat hot chicken, although that was a motivating factor for me wanting to go to Nashville. Um, again, if you're going to look at mission trip sites and you have your choice of the country, okay, where can I go somewhere and get... A new kind of food like one of our options was West Virginia I don't know what food is like West Virginian like I don't know what they're famous for
0: I have no idea right like yeah, I'm not, like, I'm I mean, not from if you, that area no, no right clothes, like if you, you know. pick a
1: part of the country like generally speaking you can you can figure out what you should eat in that part of the West Virginia I have no idea like like none like Pennsylvania okay so you Pennsylvania Dutch you have like Philly cheesesteaks or Philly soft pretzels, Pittsburgh. You have like Permani Brother. Like, like there's lots of
0: crab cakes in Maryland, crab, oh, crab lobster cakes. in Maine, right? And, you know, you have right. your foods. You have yeah, your food. so
1: I mean, like, there's different parts of the country where you're. So when we were looking at the map of where to potentially go, one, our options were limited because we traveled, um, basically we left on Pentecost Sunday which is not the best time to leave. It was the first week of, of, this, of mission trips for this group uh, that YouthWorks runs. So we didn't have a ton of options that fit our calendar and theirs. So it was like rural West Virginia which we decided not to, nothing against people from West Virginia, go Mountaineers. But you know our options were, were kind of limited so we we look we, Nashville had an opening I'm like man Nashville I'm like, ooh Nashville hot chicken sounds great. So we did not just go to Nashville for hot chicken but we went and had hot chicken. It, it was an amazing experience. Um, I have done mission trips with youth before um, and I and and even with the same with the same outfit youth works uh, which is not a Lutheran group. However, we had two other churches on the mission trip with us, and they were both Lutheran as well, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the text from Romans um, is, is sort of like a, I don't know what the subheading is in the text, because uh, there's always a subheading that kind of outlines the text, but the whole text itself you know, kind of goes through um, how we're supposed to be as people, um,
0: well, as Christians in particular, right?
1: Like, don't judge, don't you know? Don't do all these right. things. Don't be, don't you know? Act with vengeance. Um, but I really zeroed in on this this idea of genuine love. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it, it um, Romans twelve starts with um, new life in Christ, and marks of the true Christian is the header for there you go, ver- where verse nine starts. There you go, marks, marks of, of true the true Christian. Christian.
1: Yeah, which, oh man. And, and, and the, let's be honest, that's hard. That, like that list?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, list? What I find very interesting about this, um, how Paul approaches it, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Or by doing this, you keep burning coals on their heads, which I'm like, oh, okay, so.
1: Right, I was (laughs) like, I'm, I'm vibing with Paul. You know, we're going along, and I'm like, okay.
0: And then he has another little kind of violent sort of. And then he's like,
1: by feeding them, you're throwing coals on. I'm like,
0: like seriously,
1: did you have to go there?
0: Like, like what's the? Was that the image we needed?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I just like I, I really you know it's, when paul drops that that little nugget on us i'm just like uh, why yeah like why was that necessary
0: so anyway yeah we have we have paul here working in in this whole um let's it, not let's not be vengeful it's it almost
1: um, it almost seems to negate the 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 idea of feeding and 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 giving water to those who are thirsty if you're doing it so that burning coals are, it's, it's kind of like kill them with kindness. Yeah. Can't you just be kind? You have to kill him with kindness? Yeah. Can't you? So I, 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 told I get him. his point. Right. I
0: mean, you know, the, the point being is when you are doing, you know, these things, that that is, quote, your vengeance, is your vengeance is you're going to love them. And, it, and, it, and it's yeah. sort of that.
1: Yeah. I years. think that gets lost though, in in at least this translation. And I haven't. This is not the translation we used on the mission trip. Um, actually, the translation we used on the mission trip I liked better. Okay. Um, but I don't remember <laughs> which one it was, to be honest. Mm, um, it
0: was probably. Let me look. I can pull up.
1: Um, um, but it was it was fantastic. Um,
0: oh, whatever version. It's not that one. That still has burning coals.
1: Yeah. In in light of, in light of the work we did on the mission trip, you know that concept of you know feeding and and giving water to and loving genuinely. You know a lot of a lot of the work that that took place on the mission trip um, was around food. Um, mm-hmm. My group not so much. Um, you know, I know our other group. You know, spent some time at a homeless shelter. You know, did some did some work with with some some of the food feeding ministries. Our first half day there, we spent time at a at essentially a large food pantry, for lack of a better way to put it, um, and unloaded 14 pallets of food from Amazon. Um, so that idea of feeding, I don't think we were. Unloading those trucks with the intention of heaping burning coals on anyone. Um, at least that wasn't. But you know, I, there, there's something to be said with how we respond. How we respond to people. Do we respond with vengeance? Do we respond with you know negativity, or do we respond with with grace and, and love? And and one of the things that was really interesting on this trip. Um, and in mission trips in general. So you're fully immersed in the mission trip experience. So as so as you know, an adult leader on a mission trip, you're really trying to model the behavior for the youth. And not that you're not always, but you're for some reason I think when you're away, you're out of your normal element, you're more in tune.
0: Well, they're also you're in a much more um, I guess you might say intimate setting from the standpoint of a one-on-one. Um, and you're around each other in a more concentrated, yeah. you know, versus, oh, I see Pastor Chad for a couple of hours and then I go home and blah, 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 yeah. blah. This was, oh no, I spent, yeah. I spent five days yeah. and how did he respond to um, flight changes? How did he, he respond yeah. to frustrations? Yeah. How did he respond to these things? And, and, and there,
1: were, there, were, there were plenty of frustrations. So right out of the gate... You know we had a flight delay um supposed to leave at like six or something like that, and left six p m left at you know twelve fifty a m um instead of six p m so there was plenty of frustration and and frankly it's, there was a level of oh crap, I have you know ten kids here that aren't my own, and we're responsible for them so you know, in talking with the gate agents who were really wonderful, um, but I think it all it, it, it all depends how you approach them. So there were several people who, you know, when they found that the flight were delayed, um, lost their marbles. That's the nice way to put it. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Like, I'm pretty sure that nobody um, at the Southwest gate None of the Southwest Gate agents in in Fort Lauderdale that night went out to the plane that had landed and people had gotten off of and broke something to cause a mechanical delay that would then cause you to lose your marbles on them. I'm pretty sure they didn't do that.
0: I'm also pretty sure you don't want to get on that plane if it has a mechanical problem.
1: I'm thinking the same thing.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking a flight delay is much better than the alternative. Now,
1: I guarantee you, I was no happier about the fact that we were now leaving at 12.50 a.m. than the dude that lost his marbles. So I, when we, I went up to the gate agent and I said, hey, I said, you know, I'm, I said, just a question. I said, first of all, thank you. Um, I know this is not great circumstances for y'all, so I thank you for all of your help. I said, I have 10 kids here um, for my youth group that I'm responsible for. Um, I'm gonna say Brittany was responsible for herself. Um, and." I just—I'm just, just curious—are we—are we getting out of here tonight, or do I need to call parents and have them and sort of reset and like, well, you know, this is—you know—we have a plane coming in. You know, you should—we—it we, was every intention—you know—provided there's not another mechanical failure. Like, what are the odds of having two planes come in mechanical failure? You can't leave. Um, so yeah, our intention is to get you out of here. It's like, awesome. Now I could have responded, you know, very differently, as you know. The funny thing, so this group of, this one guy in particular that lost his marbles, it was a group of guys, because I talked to everybody, who were were from Nashville, but came to Florida as a group. They, were from co- they went to college together and played. A, they played like a men's golf weekend golf tournament. And they have a trophy, so one guy's carrying a trophy through the airport. The guy that lost his marbles is not the guy who was carrying the trophy, so I'm figuring he's just mad because he lost the golf tournament with his buddies. It
0: was frustration on top of frustration. Yeah.
1: So, although I did, I was frustrated because Enterprise Rental Car in Nashville does not have a phone. So, when you try and call Nashville's Nashville Airport's Enterprise, no one picks up the phone because the mailbox is not set up, which is which is super frustrating when you're trying to figure out if you're going to have a car when you get there at you know two in the morning, two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Really frustrating. So, I finally got to someone corporately at. At enterprise. And I, I, I felt myself, you know, I lost a marble or two, not all of them. And I'm like, you know, this is not modeling Christian behavior, right? So I checked myself. I was like, you know, I, I said, I apologize. I know this isn't your fault. Uh, I'm a little frustrated because I can't get a hold of anybody. And I just need to know if I'm going to have a car when I get there, because I got kids and a mission trip and just trying to, so I apologize for for losing my marbles and then on the back end of the trip when we were at um when we found out that our flight was canceled coming home and I'm trying to get a hold of I get a hold of you know Southwest and like well we have you booked on a flight tomorrow at 10 p.m that gets you in at 1 a.m on Sunday and like so it's Friday at lunchtime And you're not getting me out of Nashville until 10 p.m. on Saturday, and I get in at 1 a.m. on Sunday. Like, that's just not acceptable. Like, that doesn't work. On top of the fact that there's a Country Music Association festival in Nashville with 75,000 extra people, so we ain't getting a hotel. Right. Like, that ain't happening. There are no hotel rooms. I may have lost two or three marbles on the Southwest lady. And again, I caught myself. I'm like, okay, this is not the behavior that. That, sh- that should be modeled for our youth and how to respond. Um, I was away from them, so it's not like they were like, I'm sitting at the table freaking out. But I'm like, you know, this, that's just not acceptable, it's not okay, like this doesn't work. Um, but throughout the week, I think Brittany and I both tried really hard to model um, boundaries and respect for you know, the kids, for the other groups, for the leaders of YouthWorks, and all of those things and you know, it's funny, when you start to do that, you see the ripple effects. Yeah. Like, you see the ripple effects. We can Things can either ripple in a negative direction, or you can put positive, you know.
0: Well, on, on, on this end, the way I found out your flight got canceled was, um, Fridays are my day off, so I was at home, and our office manager sent me a text saying that she was putting something on my desk. Um, to give to somebody Saturday night. And I said, well, I'm not, I, I said, I'm not preaching this weekend. So, you know, that's, I'll, Who's, let, I'll, let, said, past, I'll let Pastor Chad know.
1: Who said that? Saturday our our office f- manager. Said what?
0: Said that she had something to give oh, yeah. uh, for, for Saturday night.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I was like, I'm not going to be there Saturday night. Um, so I'll let, I'll let Pastor Chad know. And she goes, oh, well, he's going to be there. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh. Well, I thought his flight got canceled. I was like, uh, uh, yeah. um, do I need to write a sermon?
1: So, so, so I called I call do- call Don and said, I said, Don, I said, what is the credit limit on the church credit card? Because I'm like, I'm looking at my, like I'm pulling up on my phone and I was stupid. I only took... My my business card holder with a credit card and my license Oops. and stuff in instead of like credit cards, and I'm like, okay, do I have enough on my enough of a balance on my credit card to, right. to, to to make whatever happen needs to happen? And if I don't, I need to know that. So I'm like, yeah, darn, our flight was canceled. We're we're scrambling. Um, so I get a message from me like, no, I think we're good. I think we we're rebooked on a new flight. So yeah, it was
0: interesting. <laughs> but that's how I found out. I was like. Do, do, do I need to be writing a sermon?
1: <laughs> At one point, that answer was probably. What? At one point, that answer was probably.
0: Yes. By the time I got in contact with you, it was, nope, we're good.
1: <laughs> the, beauty, the beauty of all of that is that on an airplane or airplanes, you can write a sermon.
0: Oh, yeah. Very um, definitely.
1: And it doesn't make sense to preach after you know, a week of no sleep on a on a mission trip. But I suspected going in.
0: There'd that, be things you wanted to talk about. That it was gonna be
1: such a powerful experience if the congregation needed to hear it for, for several reasons. Um one, they always like to hear about youth. Um I mean that's always a win. Um two, our youth worked so hard. They deserved they deserved some some praise from you praise from the pulpit. Not that I'm ever behind a pulpit, but you know, praise praise from the
0: proverbial pulpit. Yeah,
1: praise from the proverbial pulpit because they, they work so hard on under not good circumstances when you get when you start off that with no sleep. Um, but there's also some lessons that you learn on a mission trip that, frankly, you miss in the day to day life. Um, you know, there were so many God moments on that trip that, again, I think we get, we get caught up in, in the busyness and, and our schedules and moving from one thing to the next, that we don't pause. We don't take the time for those God moments. So, so we're in Fort Lauderdale and our flight's delayed and we were able to get out that night and that doesn't always happen. I mean, that's a God moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the waitress at the Whiskey River Saloon or whatever that place was um, at our terminal, um, when I found out we what, what the, uh, our new schedule was, I went to her and said, is your kitchen still open? She said, yeah, for another 10 minutes. I said, I got 10 kids I need to feed. And she's like, I can only do wings and fries. And I said, then just give me piles of wings and fries. And she was so gracious um, and sympathetic, even though she just wanted to get home to her kid as well. So we helped clean up at the restaurant. So you don't need to. I said, we do need to do this. Like, like we're on a mission trip. Like we should help you clean up. Um, I mean, just you know, the the folk from YouthWorks that were like, you know what, we're just praying for you. And we're praying that you get here safely. Um, we, will, we, will, we will take care of everything. We'll blow up your air mattresses for you. God moment. In the planning, the plan was for us to take air mattresses with us. And one of our members said, you know what? I have family in Nashville. Why don't we just ship the air mattresses there? And then they're already there. You don't have to lug them and travel. Thank God we did because YouthWorks blew up the air mattresses. So when we got to the church at four in the morning, we were there. They were already there. All we had to do was throw some sheets on them and go to sleep. Although the kids didn't do that, they decided to talk and carry on for another 45 minutes, which drove me insane. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, God moments throughout the week at the, at the, at the service sites. Um, you know, our kids bonded with, with a group of ELCA Lutherans from Wisconsin. And, you know, the last you know, Friday, Thursday night, closing worship, um, the kids bawled all night together. Well, so did the adults. Um balled all night together, and then, you know, Friday when we were leaving, same thing, and then turns out at the airport, now we're in in the Nashville airport, which, I mean, it's not like the world's largest airport, but it's not like, like Gainesville's airport has like two gates, three gates. We're at the same, we're literally at the gate next to the kids from Wisconsin as we're getting ready to fly out. Like, weird. Like, so many God moments throughout that trip that really... I, I think I want to challenge, you know, challenge a congregation and challenge, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, to look for those God moments daily, because they're there. They're there. Like, God's, God's active in the world.
0: Yeah, strangely enough that um, I think you can probably find a lot of God moments, because i um, pretty sure God's active most of the time.
1: Yeah, we just bury it in all the garbage. And there's, there's, lots of, there's lots of garbage, don't get me wrong. There's lots of garbage in the world. But we bury the God moments in the garbage and don't look for them. And, and you know I think our society's wired in such a way that we look for the garbage instead of the God moments. And if you can sort of sort through the garbage...
0: The garbage is more sensational.
1: ...deal with the garbage and see the God moments, and I'm not saying ignore, I am not an ignore the garbage. I am no, not an no, no. ignore. No, don't, don't,
0: do not stick your head in the sand and pretend it's not there. No,
1: I, that, is, that is not, and that's not what I mean at all. I am not, I am not a fan of, let's pretend that you know, gun violence isn't an issue. Let's pretend that you know, racism is, I, I'm, not an, I'm, not a, I'm not a let's pretend that we don't have issues. We do. But I'm also on team, Let's deal with those issues, and while we're dealing with them, also look for the God moments because that sustains you through the garbage. Like stupid example, and, and and on a on a and I understand it's on a much you know lower stakes scale. So you know we literally got to Nashville and didn't go to sleep before 4 a.m. I was up at a little after six, trying to figure out how we're getting rental cars. Our kids, I think they got to sleep till like nine-ish. And then we're out doing, doing you know, mission trip for the week. And there was not a lot of sleep that whole weekend. Sleeping on air mattresses in large rooms with lots of people who snore, um, you know, is, is not a restful week. But when you're focused on the mission, on God's mission, and on God's stuff... It sustains you through that. I mean, that, that's that's a, that's a take-home lesson to carry with you. Now, again, you get back home, you get in your element, you get into your normal routine, and eh, it's
0: probably also to helpful to have kind of that kind of work to do. Yeah, um, when you receive bad news.
1: Yeah, I. You're absolutely right. I was super grateful. I was not grateful to get your phone call about one of our members you know, being killed in a car accident. That was, um, to say that was jarring um, was an understatement. Yeah. Um, and thank God, you know, it was funny, you know, Christina, you know, my, when my wife messaged me I don't know, e- that evening or late afternoon, just to check in, you know, um, which is one of the things I love about my wife. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? She goes, no. I mean, with you know, how are you dealing with with um, the news? And I said, honestly, we've been so busy. We've been so focused on trying to make this a great, a great experience for the kids. I- I've I've been preoccupied, and, and it's 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 been a, it's been a welcome distraction. Don't hide your feel you know. Council don't hide wife. your feelings. Yeah, deal with your yeah. feelings. And that wasn't what she came back with me at. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, and I think she knows, that, knows by now that she's going to tell me that <laughs> anyway, so she doesn't need to anymore. But, you know, and I'm not advocating, well, if, 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 if there's tragedy in your life or there's the time to grieve, don't grieve, just stay busy and, and don't deal with your emotions. You got to deal with them at some point because at some point they're going to deal with you. But in that, in that setting at that time, at that moment, it was super helpful to be, you know, Brittany and I both, you know, took a good a good half hour that morning um, to just kind of deal with and take a moment of grieving, a few moments of grieving before breakfast and off to our sites, which was super helpful. Um, and then a few moments at the end of the night, you know, to kids are off um, doing their thing, and you know, again, took a few minutes to just. You know, kind of decompress, grieve a little bit, take a deep breath, and and go back at it. Um, but I, you know, I I, th- I think what 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 I love about mission trips and what you try and figure out how to replicate and know that you can't fully replicate it is that time where you're dedicated and focused to doing God's work, and then come home. And how do you continue? Because you feel that sustaining um, presence of God when you're in the midst of doing God's work. How do you replicate that when you get back to the day-to-day? And you know, and I say that with the irony of we're pastors, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, technically, what we do is all God's work. Um, and yet, <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> The parade of of things that come through my office are not don 't always feel god workish <laughs> um, and I guess to some degree it is, and it goes back to Luther and the priesthood of all believers and you know, voca- you know luther's definition of vocation and you know everything you do is for God and blah 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 It's, it's still different yeah I mean, let 's be honest it's different um, I, fi- I find I find. You know, I was gonna say I find worship to be that God's work part that's sustaining, but I don't know that I don't know that that's that's an accurate statement for me. I find preaching to be sustaining. The worship piece, sometimes I struggle with more here because you're 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 doing it. Does that make sense?
0: Well, yeah, it's f- for us. It's a job.
1: I so think. And I th-
0: it, it, it. 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 We're. We're usually trying to put out 20 fires, yep. Um, yep. rather than being able to just sit and 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 worship. Worship yep. for for pastors winds up um, more often than not being a, a whack-a-mole.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> morning. Yeah. Or, or evening, where. It's, oh, this isn't working. Oh, this is, there's this problem. Or this is also the time parishioners choose to come to us with whatever issue they have. Um, and, because it's the one time a week they, they see us. Hey,
1: can we do this? Uh, you, got, you got to send me an email.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, PSA, if you're listening to this, Sunday morning, if you tell us something, it probably will not make it to Monday morning. That
1: Genuine we're love. Yes. is sending your pastor an email about something that you want to talk to them about on Sunday. You can say it. I mean, you can say it on Sunday, but what would be really awesome is, hey, Pastor Chad, hey, Pastor Rebecca, I'm going to send you an email about XYZ. Right. And yes. then when you get the email, you go, oh, that's the email that you know, so-and-so was going to send me about XYZ. And that, I mean, that, that's, oh, that is such genuine love.
0: I mean, um, so, so this Sunday, in a, for example, um, doesn't have to do with, with people sending, uh, asking us to do things, but so that you understand sort of the whack-a-mole thing that, was go- that goes on. So we had nobody run the, run the live stream this weekend, which actually turned out okay, because um, I was back here running it, which was a good thing, because we lost our internet. Yep. And first of all, being able to recognize the internet was out. That's was a God number thing, one.
1: right? That's a God thing.
0: Yeah, was, was number one, recognizing that the internet was out. Number two, being able to troubleshoot and figure out um, how to go about actually recording it so that we could post it later. And that required knowledge of a program that we have from a previous... Um, incarnation of our live stream, where we were able to record it. The one we currently have does not automatically record it except on YouTube. And if we're not streaming, guess what? It doesn't record. Yep. So there are pros and cons to our newer system. um, But I happen to know, hey, we have this older version of this system still on here where we can record it. So I pulled it up, began recording. So then we were able to upload the sermon um portion of the service so that people could actually go back and hear your sermon. Yep. From 9:30 because there's a different energy quite honestly in in how you give the 9:30 sermon versus how you give it at either 6 or
1: um, It was a it was a different sermon all three services this week for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, um, it, it
0: because each congrega- or each each service has a very different feel to it, a very different dynamic. And so as pastors, when we're interacting, we interact very differently with the different
1: congregations. I, ga- I got to say, makeup. I, I got to call out the 1115 service, man, y'all got to yell back some hot chicken. <laughs> so, so like that was, I, I challenged our youth on the way. We had
0: one guy that was yelling it back.
1: Yeah, consistently. Yes. Um, thank you, Ron. Um, I don't think Ron's a podcast guy, but thank you, Ron. Um, so I, I challenged the youth. Oh, I, and we had two of our youth at the 1115 service that, you know, that were responsive. Um, I said to them, I said, listen, I said, so Sunday during the sermon, when I say, when I say Nashville, y'all better yell hot chicken. Like, you guys got to yell it. And like, oh, but that's during, I said, listen, during the sermon, when I say Nashville, you yell hot chicken. So I actually wrote home um, with two of the boys that come to 11.15 and their dad. And they're like, Dad, so Sunday, like if Pastor Chad says Nashville, we're supposed to yell hot chicken, you can't yell at us. Like Pastor Chad said we're supposed to. I said, I did. I, I, when I say Nashville, you all yell hot chicken. Yeah. Um, but they want to make sure it was, it was okay. Now at 9.30 service, they just... They yell when they're not supposed to. They just yell, um, <laughs> which is fine. Again, it's a it's a different it's a different level of engagement. Yeah, it's a different dynamic. Um, it's
0: a, it's a different dynamic. So, yeah.
1: and and the sermon, frankly, I'm I'm trying to get away from scripting my sermons as much as I do. Um, I haven't gotten where I want to yet, um, but often, But lately, I've been not scripting the end. So to kind of laying out some of the stuff I want to touch on and then the end just kind of as the spirit guides. And that was definitely the case this week. At one point I'm like, I don't even know why I'm holding this iPad because it's not doing me any good. Um, <laughs> 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 but I, I, again, I, I think, I think there's that, there is that de- definite, definite dynamic um, of engagement. And I think that was one of the things also that's powerful about the mission trip. So during the mission trip, I'm not leading worship. Um, other folks are. Now, the first night of worship um, was bad. I mean, it was, it was very uninspiring. Um, and Brittany and I, well, I went to, to, I don't know if Brittany was with, I think Brittany was with me, um, went to, the, to the, the leader of the site. And I said, listen, I have a Brittany. <laughs>
0: I got a Britney, what you and, got. <laughs> and
1: you don't know what that means, but when she starts singing, you will. And yep. I'm telling you, it will change the dynamic of this worship experience. Um, I said, just get her the songs. So the first night, they gave her um, one of the two songs, the other one she didn't know, and she sang it, and like it, it made worship different. And then we just build on it each night. And by Thursday night, like it was, it, it was the, it was honestly, it was the most worshipful experience I've had since Rock the Universe in Orlando. And I think that was in January. January, yeah. Right. So I, I have found that for me, um, worshiping in song, song, mu- music moves me. Um, it, it it really does. Good good music moves me. And and again, this is not a knock on traditional worship. Don't hear that. Uh, but generally, it's it's contemporary worship music that is what moves me. Um, if you get me a good, just, there's a couple of hymns, traditional hymns that that hit me.
0: Canticle of Turning, I know is one of your. Canticle
1: of Turning, I love that song, especially if you get a full, your know, full voice church singing that song, um, Here I Am, Lord, is another one, you know, those things that, that speak to that, like, calling presence really, you know, they really hit me, um, so for me, that, that worshiping through music is, is a thing, and I think for a lot of people, it is, you know, our youth, our youth really, they were able to worship, which, you know, kind of makes you wonder, in terms of, there, there really wasn't a sermon um, during these worship services, but the kids felt, the kids felt the presence, um, not just the kids, but you know, in particular the kids.
0: Well, I know Brittany you know, made, made some comment, too, about that those nights of worship were, for her, what she's always really wanted even our worship to be like, mm-hmm. that it was just so... Um, the response of the people was yeah. just...
1: Yeah, those kids... Yeah. Now, I am not going to tell you that the kids particularly in our youth group or a few from Wisconsin, I'm not telling you that they can sing.
0: Doesn't matter. They made a joyful noise.
1: It didn't matter. But here's 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 the thing that even I don't I don't necessarily didn't necessarily understand. Because I am I am on team can't sing. When everybody sings even those who can't sing, it all comes together and sounds good. It still
0: contributes, it right? Does. And it, it and does,
1: and it, and it sounds good. And I, I like I, again. I think that there's a there's a biblical message there. There's there's a theological message there that when I, when when I go- love
0: congregations that sing their hearts out because that means um, I can sing my heart out and it doesn't and and, and loudly. And it doesn't matter because right. nobody can hear me except maybe the person sitting next to me
1: or right in front of you. Yeah, which is the beauty of leading worship which, and standing up front because there's nobody in front of you, so which I can admi- sing. It,
0: which admittedly, when I used to go to church with my mom, my mom cannot sing, um, and she would she would sing her heart out. God bless her, and I'd start to giggle a little because <laughs> it was that bad. Uh, but I, you know, it was it was. Sh- she gave it her all. Let me tell you. Um,
1: One of our youth was singing like like crazy. Can't carry a tune to save his life.
0: Yep.
1: But you know what? When Amen. when 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 team can't sing joins together with a few who can, it all sounds beautiful, right? So I mean, like there's something with with you know how able we are as the body of Christ when we come together and do something together. That even if even if you're not great at it, when the body of Christ works together, God makes it work. Like if we can just like all pull on the rope in the same direction.
0: Oh, wouldn't that be nice?
1: Beautiful things happen. Yeah. And, and shared and, and, vision. Yeah, I mean song song is a is a is kind of a, a, a hokey example of that. But like but it's true. Like, even if I can't sing, if I'm singing with a bunch of people. Yeah. And even if we all can't sing.
0: So the pulling in the same direction thing I think is very interesting. One of the things we're doing with um, pathways is we're trying to figure out where people's, um, what spiritual type they are. And they also get to say what they think the spiritual type of this congregation so,
1: is. So Pathways is our small, small group groups, discipleship, discipleship piece. Yes. If you're listening to this and not a part of it, shame on you. Shame, <laughs> shame.
0: Hey, we got five groups going now.
1: No, I know. It's awesome. Um, and five more would be fantastic.
0: Yes. And like on the third session on prayer one of the things that they focus on is their their spiritual type and they kind of go through saying okay this is these are the things you know of these four options here's what i like or what i prefer kind of thing um or what speaks to me blah 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 and then they go through and so they compare and they contrast what their spiritual type is versus what they think the congregation's um spiritual type uh is and seeing how much they either align or are, are different. And for us, gives us some kind of, um, and, and we ask them to give us those results. We don't need the names of who the people are. Yep. We just want to see what the overall, you know, what this is to see where, where people are at, where they, think, where they think our congregation is at. So that we can maybe be all pulling in the same direction kind of idea. Uh, Well, what are things maybe we need to be focusing on more? What are things maybe we need to, um, that we're doing really well, that we just need to, you know, really do better? Um, What are are things that we're not so great at, but it seems like our people are wanting this particular thing, and maybe we need to, to readjust? And one of the things I found very interesting during your call process, Pastor Chad, um, was I, I got a phone call from the Synod, and I was the, the you know, sort of the, the, the associate that was, that was here during the time that um, there had been the pastor that had been here for 21 some odd years, and then there was an interim, and then it was like, okay, so now what's my role, you know, blah, 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 kind of thing. Are you staying, et et cetera, et cetera. And while I did not have a coterminous clause like most associate pastors do, um, mainly because they knew at some point in the very near future Pastor Tom was going to retire and they didn't want to bring me all the way from Nebraska and then say, oh, well, thanks for being here for a year now, bye. Um, so I appreciated that.
1: <clears throat> that was kind. That, that was, was kind. Gen- a genuinely lo- genuinely loving gesture from our yes, that Yes,
0: that was a loving gesture. Um, but they called me up and kind of were like, well, now you're not, you're not interested in trying to get that that senior pastor position. And I was like, no. I was like, I'm not going to do that. And they were like, well, maybe, you know, we've got this, this you know, person we have in mind and and we're just kind of thinking what your thoughts were. And I made the comment where I said, well, you know, what would be really good is if, that pastor and I shared the same vision and had the same goals. I said, I think that would be a really great way for you know, this church to move forward. So because that
1: oddly, like, that's, like, that should be common sense in the church, right? It should be. That if, that if two pastors are working in the same congregation that they share a similar vision for the church. Exactly. And I, and I point that out for the same reason you're about to. <laughs> With emphasis on the word should. Should. Carry yeah. on.
0: Because when I said that, the response was a moment of silence and then sort of this, oh. Yeah. A shared vision between the associate and the senior. And I was like,
1: Lead. I don't want to be senior. That makes me feel old.
0: Sorry. Point being, you know, senior pastor, lead pastor. At that point in time we were still calling it senior pastor I know. because um, that was before you actually got called here and you went, "Nope, that's not what we're going to call me." Yeah. Um but I I was a little, I guess, flabbergasted that that wasn't really what their thought process was in how associates and lead pastors should like work
1: together. Right. Um, well, and and, and maybe I, am I? Hold on. I got to take a deep breath. Am I really going to do this? Okay, I'm going to. <laughs> so I, I, and, may, and maybe this sounds defensive of the synod, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, the, the standard practice is that the associate is coterminous, and Correct. then the then and then the lead pastor, the senior pastor, ends up you know helping select. Right. The passer. So then and, there's this understanding that under that normal flow,
0: right. and that and there would be, be clear, better alignment. Yeah. And, and to be clear, my, my statement was look, if, if we're not on the same page and this is who they decide to call, I'll leave. I, I mean, that basically was, you know, I'm like, if, you know, because I'm not going to be that associate pastor who sticks around and creates problems and you know we're pulling in different directions and there's because i i have seen that happen i've been in congregations where my predecessors that was how it was was working um and i you know it was like that's 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 not how first of all that's not how i want to do ministry
1: that's miserable for everybody
0: yeah it's it's that's that's not a good work environment that's a toxic work environment um, and it, it's not healthy for the congregation for, I mean, you and I don't always see eye to eye on everything. And we talk about those things and, you know, right. um, eventually, uh, you went out <laughs> now. Um, but I mean, the reality being is, you know, we will, we will discuss things and be like, okay, is this, you know. How, how do we move forward with this? And regardless of whether we see eye to eye on it exactly, it's kind of like, well, but this is what we're going to do." So
1: which is rare. Yeah.
0: And yeah. um, it, it honestly, we have not had to do that very often.: the, the, the Nine times out of 10, we, we yeah. have a share, we're either a shared vision or I'm kind of like, you know what? I can see it going both ways so I don't care. We're you know, we are not
1: really diametrically opposed, which no. which is interesting because all of my people in that car process are like, you need to you need to get rid of her and get your own, don't inherit anybody, um, <laughs> you need a prenup. I mean, essentially that was
0: yeah. So yes. th- clean so, <laughs> that out. <laughs> so
1: part of a youth mission trip involves music. What's really interesting to me is the music that my group the the brilliant banjos um were playing was like music like not new music so like gold digger by kanye and and like we want prenup we want pre- that's why that came from sorry Shoo, yep. rabbit hole um <laughs> squirrel but you know again that my people were the same like listen you need you need a prenup that if this doesn't if this if y'all aren't in alignment like she needs to piece out. I'm like, man, that's I mean so so imagine going on a first date, right? Right. So you go on a first date and let's say I don't know what a first date looks like anymore. So let's just say, hey, let's meet, let's meet for dinner, and you show up at the restaurant and inside the menu, you, know, you have a piece of paper that is a prenup right out of the gate before you even order dinner. Like, that's what it, fe- that's like, that's what it felt like. I'm like, man, that seems like kind of sleazy. And I, right. how do you do that? Um, but again, it's, it's that, if the church could just be
0: right. in um, alignment. It, it, like I said, for me, it was much more of a, well, that's just how it should be. Yeah. Um, and if it's not, and this is the candidate that they want, then uh, there, there are lots of calls out there, you know?
1: <laughs> especially now.
0: Yeah. I'm like, there, there are a lot of open calls out there. I can, I can go find another job. This is not a problem. Yep. Um, it's a pain. And, I, you know, I didn't really want to have to do that. But um, it was, you know, it was kind of like, and especially at that point in time, I didn't have my house. I didn't, you know, it was like, look, it doesn't work out. I'll leave. I'll, I'll go elsewhere, yep. um, but it, I think, reinforces for me that how important it is to have your leadership pulling in the same direction, because there's no way you're going to pull a congregation along with you if you've got leadership going in two completely different directions. So it's one thing, I mean, it's, it's not good when you've got your, your leadership and your congregation going in two different directions. It's, it's even worse when you've got your leadership going in two directions before you even get to the congregation and, 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 when and where they're all at.
1: And, and to clarify, because I know, I know we're on the same page on this too, that th- this, this portion of the, of the conversation... Does not mean that there's an expectation everyone sitting in the pew agrees on every. Oh, absolutely not. No, and and it's just that's just to be abundantly clear. I also um, have found from a lay leadership, lay leaders being people in the congregation.
0: Who serve. Who
1: serve, like on council and, and yep. committees and things like that. It's also helpful if they don't all agree.
0: Right. You, um, need, you need to have somebody that pushes back.
1: Right. So when I was at my previous call, a lot of things needed to change. So there was this idea that, well, if I stack my council with like-minded people that all agree with me, then I can get done what needs to get done. Right. And I think, and there, there's some truth to that. Yes. You know, in, in some settings, and this was a redevelopment congregation, there are principles of redevelopment that essentially say, listen, the way y'all are doing things got you to this point where you're in redevelopment because you, you've, you've declined, you've failed. Failure is a really harsh word. Um, you've declined to the point where you need redevelopment. So if you continue to have the same people making the same decisions, guess what's going to happen? The same thing. Like, you're not going to change the trajectory. But I had a person on my council who I almost never agreed with. Like, if it was anything substantial, we disagreed every single time. (laughs) Um, and, And that was probably... When I left that call... My conversation with that person when I left was one of the most meaningful conversations I had. He recognized that we never agreed. I recognized we never agreed. And he, he shared his appreciation in that moment for our ability to disagree, still be in community and get the work done, and he recognized what my role was and how it all played. All how it all played out, and it just it, it was it was one of those like really unexpected. I think for me it was meaningful because it was really unexpected because literally we never agreed on anything, like ever, except except you know Gators football stuff, but anything church related we we didn't agree on any of it.
0: Right, and and I. Like I said, I, I echo that as well, where it's always important to have at least one voice that plays the devil's advocate sort of thing, right. where it pushes back and say, has, makes you look at things in a, a different way. And that Be- is very important. Because
1: um, the reality is there's someone in your congregation that agrees with that person right. that you never agree with. Yep. And if you never hear that voice... If you never feel that pushback, you don't know what's coming. You make a decision, and the next thing you know, there's an avalanche of people that are like ready to run you over.
0: And and, And you
1: go, oh.
0: And so that people understand that's sometimes what we do too, where we may be on the same page, but one of us usually will go, okay, but (laughs) let let me push back on that because here's how I know other people are going to either hear this, see this, talk about this, and we need to honor that as well. And we need to, to, yeah. to take that into account where they may not be where we're at with it, and that's okay.
1: It's and sort of the Job thing, right? Yeah. Like, I can't possibly understand the full perspective. Right. Now, certainly, God's perspective, but even, even the full perspective of the congregation— but I think the more people you get in the room with different perspectives, and, and I, our council um, is, is very representative of the congregation. Um, you know, we have a, a fairly good gender split. We have a fairly good economic split. You know, we have a fairly good split between worship services. You know, we ha- and I think that's important because, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's a different dynamic at 9.30 than it is at 11.15. Saturday somewhere between the two of them. Um, and, and, it's just
0: and to be clear, it's not that one dynamic is better than the
1: other. They're just different.
0: Um, yeah. I, I, there, there's I, I am somebody who I love both a high energy service, but I also love a good, just meditative, kind of quiet, much more, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, there are different ways to worship. Correct. There are different ways to worship. Yep. And I, I find depending on where I'm at, um, usually emotionally, whatever, Yeah. different things speak to me differently. So and different th- th- seasons
1: call for different things. Correct. Like so Good Friday. I, I don't
0: want people thinking that, you know, it's like, oh, well, there's this different dynamic and we like this one versus this one. And it's, you know, and it's, it's yeah. no, it's that they're different. Right. And, and different doesn't make something better or worse than the other. Um and you know we all have our preferences of what we prefer most of the time, blah blah blah.
1: Um I, I think I think there are differences in how we worship, how we express faith, but back to the Romans reading, how we live it out should be similar. Yeah. Very similar.
0: So that is a good thing to wrap up on because we are at hunt time. Now, What I, I'm going to give a quick little caveat for what we are going to be doing over the summer yeah. for preaching. Um, <laughs> so in a twist of irony, we are going to have Father's Day this weekend, but the text is going to be on a mother. <laughs> um, it's going because we are going to start looking at the... Uh, Some of the female characters of Scripture that we don't tend to talk about a lot, especially in the lectionary and preaching, whatever. Even with the narrative lectionary, it's still very focused on the the male characters. And there's a lot of very rich and powerful stuff with some of the women and recognizing that, you know, women's relationship with God as well may look a little different than how, um, you know, the, the men were doing things, but is God speaking to them too, and God's giving them promises and God's doing things through them. It actually matters. You know, it mattered whether it was going to be Hagar or Sarah, um, that, that the promises went through. Um, and it mattered who Isaac's wife was. It, you know, it was, you know. So there it, it, are these, these this, this recognizing that um, women play very, very important roles in scripture. They just kind of tend to get sidelined.
1: And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things I really love and appreciate about the narrative lectionary, which we do from, you know, fall till spring, fall till summer, whatever it is, um, whenever we do that thing, um, is that it? It really attempts to tell the full narrative of Scripture, um, and and like you said, some there, there are some stories that get missed.
0: Yep. Well, you have to because right. You have yeah. to
1: correct. It, in case you didn't realize that there's a lot of stories in the bible and even <laughs> even with a four year cycle which the narrative lectionary is
0: yep. um, you're you s- still missing a bunch you you're still, still skipping things. huge um, chunks
1: so th- this is this is sort of a from our perspective at least for, well from my perspective I'll speak for myself from my perspective is an opportunity to fill in some of the blanks um, the summer, the summer, the narrative lectionary in the summer kind of goes on hiatus, and and allows for some sermon series and things like that. And we've taken some liberties, you know, over the last few weeks to do some do some different things in the midst of the lectionary um, over the summer. And this is just kind of a kind of a different a different look. And we've tried some other things over the last couple of years. Some of them went well. Some of them not so much. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, and we've learned something. So, I mean, the Lutheran tradition is not really rich in sermon series, right? T- t- you know, typically, you know, typically it's here's the lectionary. The other lectionary, the Revised Common Lectionary, is a year-round lectionary um, where the narrative is not. Um, I think I well, like I like the opportunity that and and that the, the fun kind provides. of
0: interesting part about this too is that I've mentioned that I was doing this and I've had a lot of people, um, other pastors, come to me going this sounds intriguing. Let us know what you put together. So I'm, you know, making sure I sort of document all of the stuff that I put together so that there's actually a resource for other pastors if they decide yeah. they want to, yeah. to emulate it. Well, and it's um, one thing,
1: w- one thing we don't typically, we don't always do well is document. No. Um, oh, this was good. Oh, this we should do different. Oh, and we'll go, okay, so I remember doing this. Was it good? <laughs>
0: did, did, did well, this what? work
1: there was something we idea? didn't like about it what was it and then yeah it was like oh man thank god that's over yeah you know last year we did a a, a summer um sermon series and we thought oh man this is gonna be fantastic
0: of oh, the unraveled
1: and we got halfway through we're like okay we're done uh, maybe, that's enough maybe maybe that that's enough and yeah. like the eight nice eight.
0: thing about this is that it doesn't it doesn't beat a particular theme home every week. Correct. It's it's different stories every time. You're going to have a different focus. Um, it's just going to involve female characters at the forefront, as opposed. You know, it's like um, the the character of Abraham will still be there, but he's kind of sidelined. You know, it's 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 he's now the 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 back story versus you know focusing on what's going on. Um, so this weekend will be Hagar. Yeah. Um, and focusing on, on her story and who she was and why she was important and why um, what happened, you know, and, and, and how that plays into the larger story. Yeah. And so,
1: put this in the notes for next summer. So, next summer, after we do a mission trip, we'll do a five day sermon series on the themes from the mission trip. Okay, Don't. We'll put that in the notes. Put that in the notes. We probably won't because we're not good at that but we're going to try. I'm
0: trying to figure out what note where where to put that note.
1: <laughs> Me too. And that, and that's the problem, right? What file does that go in? Yeah, I was
0: like, okay, what file do we put this in? I have
1: I have a folder in one of my apps on my iPad that says like brainstorm ideas and I randomly put stuff in there and then I forget it's there and i go, like, oh, that was that a brainstorm really brainstorm
0: idea. That
1: was a really good idea. Yeah. Oh. The moment has passed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe I'll I'll make a folder in my Google Docs that just says summer ideas. Yeah. Summer preaching ideas.
1: And then we'll have to put a, like an alarm in our calendar for like like Easter, like right after Easter says sermon series idea or something for summer. I don't know. Honestly,
0: remember. we probably should start looking at that in like February, but you know, instead of I'm flying by the seat of my pants kind of making this yeah. up as I go along, but um hey, that's what I do cuz Hey, stop
1: listening to us ramble about something stupid and go love genuinely this week and then do it again and then do it again.
0: And again and again. And then
1: do it again. It catches on.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye, everybody.